welcome back to the next episode of The Table with Nisha Nicole. And Christopher Dallas. How's it going, Chris? We're good, we're good, we're good. So excited about today's show. So am I. So we're going to yes. jump right into the introduction. Yes. So for those who are new and returning listeners, welcome to The Table with Nisha Nicole and Christopher Dallas. Here at The Table, we have open discussions on life, love, dating, relationships, and sex. And our goal is to do so in a way that's fun and uplifting and brings about healing and learning in our relationships, as opposed to the division and dissent that we often see. Healing and learning is always a good thing. Nisha Nicole and I have known each other for about 20 years. Wanted to bring you inside some of our relationships and conversations that we have about relationships, sex, fun, love, and dating. Um, Let's see, we have a guest today. And so about halfway into the show, uh, in the show format, we'll go over our topic for today. Uh, About 15 minutes in, we'll go over our buzz for today, which is a pretty fun topic, considering the gravity of the topics we've had uh, previously. Uh, But we start off each and every podcast of the table with the Monday morning report. Nisha, Nicole, what do you got for us today? Okay, so not much on the dating front. Okay. Uh, which is cool, which is cool. However, yeah. my very best friend got married this weekend. I was the maid of honor. Perfect, perfect. So, Especially for our guests that we got on. We got a yes. wedding wedding weekend. Awesome. Wedding weekend. It was it was great. It was great to be a part of, you know, the grandest show of love, which is oh. the marriage, the wedding yes. ceremony. Yes. I did not bring a date okay. to the wedding. For a couple of reasons, because number one, I was in the wedding. I was the maid of honor. So, okay. you know, I was busy doing that. And the second thing is I'm not seeing anyone seriously. So yeah. I wouldn't want someone to be a part of something so monumental and for me, for me. Right. Right. So, right. yeah. You're saying that if somebody was, if you just brought somebody random to a wedding that meant a lot to you, it might mean a lot to them. Um, I don't know. Cause I don't know if guys really put those attachments on events True. like weddings, like, True. like the ladies do. Right. Absolutely. Because, like if a guy took me to a wedding of one of his best friends, then yes, of that's course a big thing. I'm going to think, Hey, this must be serious um, right. or getting serious. But I don't right. know if guys attach that same sentiment to that. Okay. But you went solo. You have a good time. I had a great time. Awesome. I had a great time. So so that's about it for my for my report. Um, oh, I, I went out for Halloween by myself. So I did, oh, okay. a, you know, went to a bar by myself. and <laughs> Solo bar hopping? Solo bar hopping. Like, okay, was, was that fun? It was fun. I, I ended up running into <laughs> a guy that I knew. So I did end up having someone to talk to. And right. I want to say, I yeah. want to say this, because I think sometimes women get a bad rep as far as women aren't friendly or what have you. Okay. I had the best time. Like I, I met some of the best ladies and a lot of the ladies were giving me compliments and yeah. just had little chats with different women at well, the I mean, bar. You're a social person. I am a social person, but what my point was a lot of times people say, oh, women are so rude and black women aren't nice to each other and things like that. So I just wanted to put that out there to dispel, to dispel that myth because I hardly ever ha- have that experience. So maybe okay. it's the, the energy that I'm giving. So I it's the energy that, that you're giving. That, I, that energy. So if you're having that experience, ladies, maybe, you know, put out a different type of energy. <laughs> so you're receiving in return. So. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know where it comes from that black women are so mean all of the time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, know. I know that that's a general consensus. I don't mean to be able to dispel that it doesn't exist. But most right? of the people that I run into, black, white, young or old, you know, especially in a bar scene, are there to have a good time and socialize so forth, especially after a couple of cocktails, everybody's ready to, ready to have a couple of good conversations. <laughs> but I want to circle back to what you talked about in terms of bringing a date to a wedding and the pros and cons behind it. Okay. For me, the closer that I am to the groom and the bride, the more that I know them, the more likely I am to be able to bring somebody because I probably... I probably know everybody that they already know. If it's a good friend of mine, again, whether I know the groom or whether I know the bride, if I've known them for a while, and I'm not going to meet somebody there. It's less likely that I'll meet somebody there. I'm always up for meeting somebody new at a wedding. But I'm bringing a date if I don't, if, if, if I know the 
wedding people pretty well. I'm usually bringing a date. You're okay. absolutely right that it usually means a whole lot more to the woman if you know if I'm bringing a date. So it's got to be somebody that I'm seeing for a while, or it can still be female friend where we're pretty much established as friends. And I just want somebody to be social with to go with me to this wedding. Okay. I've done, I've done both of those. Um, the okay. one exception is when, of course, uh, I took two dates to a wedding where I knew nobody else because I was somebody else's date. A woman asked me to be the date. And I said, do you mind if I bring, you know, somebody else to, now, to go with us? And, why, yeah, question? Would you do, why would you do that? What? If you're my date, why would you want to bring another date? Like, That's exactly what we're getting at. Because I didn't <laughs> want to send the message that because she and I were going to this date and it was going to this wedding and it was an out of time, out of time wedding. I didn't want to send the message. Hmm, if she and I, she lives in L.A. And if she flew into D.C., hung out with me for a few days, we go to North Carolina, to Nagshead, North Carolina for a wedding on a whole weekend's worth of events. That is a major signal that maybe there's still something going on. I didn't want to her to do that to feel that way. So I was like, you know, we're pretty casual. I'm going to bring another woman along and we're going to have a good time. And it was a ball. I had a ball. That's the one exception because I did not know the bride and groom. So, you know, this is the Table Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not aware of these wild shenanigans, this is Christopher Dallas's background and story. It was what we're here for. We had to have these discussions. Questions? No, I have a comment. If I were okay. that bride and someone yes. told me, I'm bringing two people along, I would have, I would have, nicely told no you're not my budget yeah. is only allows for you to have one you know what how about you just bring yeah. yourself you know it was a beach wedding and it didn't even okay. matter we could have brought 27 people along okay it so it wasn't matter. like for right. the reception and all right that. right okay. right right it was very very low-key you're right it would matter more if you're bringing more people if you have certain plated items or uh if you've got a caterer who's a set number of guests that they have place for this was way way casual okay yeah but still <laughs> I, it's like I know your stories yeah. and yet they still they still just amaze yeah, they amaze me, me as well they amaze me as well but that was a ball that was one of the best times <laughs> I ever had at a wedding for different reasons the wedding I don't even remember the wedding itself it was out on the beach it was cool I course you don't remember because they weren't yeah. your people so, so right, it's like right. you know what's the right. point in remembering right right <laughs> but that was a one-off I've never done anything like that before and obviously not since okay yeah okay so just know yeah. If if I do get married again, uh -huh. yeah, 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 I just bring one date. One date. Is okay, it. that's that's your max. I can limit it to that. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna work on that. So, Are you um, sure? so, but so yeah, we, we're okay. gonna go ahead and close out the Monday uh, morning report on that. Monday morning report <laughs> gets to be closed. Okay, okay. So, um, the next segment of the show is the buzz and yeah. just, like you said this is a fun one right after we've had some heavy Ooh, ones we've had some gravity um, yes yeah and then you didn't like the whole kardashian thing so i'll let you go <laughs> ahead and introduce number one our guest and then right. we can talk about the buzz for this week all right, let me bring in the guests first, and then you can bring up the, the topic for the buzz. But uh, okay. we, are, we are pleased and honored to be able to have with us our, our distinguished guest. This is Kimberly Cleveland that's about to come on. Kimberly is also known as the Good Thing Guru. Ooh. She is committed to helping women prepare to become happy, successful, and amazing wives. On her own, she created the Wife University, her own university, to educate women on the original purpose and intent of marriage. She uses training and coaching and mentoring. And with that, the Wife University helps women to transform their mindset and develop the necessary skills to achieve their goals of becoming an amazing wife. We are honored. We are a pleasure to have with us the author, the speaker, the one and only Kimberly Cleveland. Kimberly, can you hear us? Yes, I can yes. hear you. Thank you so much. I'm glad oh, to welcome. be on today. Yes, 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 well, absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Kimberly. So excited to be here. <laughs> okay, so um, so as I mentioned, we'll go ahead and talk about the buzz. So the buzz this week was a story from the New York Post, and the headline reads: A woman takes twenty-three family members on a blind date to mm -hmm. test a man's generosity. <laughs> <laughs> so the the headline alone is attention grabbing. I mean, twenty-three family members on a blind right. date right right so the story goes on it was um so we think we have it bad dating here in the u.s so this story right. was out of china and it says that it was a blind date 
And the guy's mom actually set the state up for him. And then the woman decides to to bring all these family members along. And the guy's like, I'm out of here. So he leaves her with a bill. It says $3,100. So I don't know if that was in U.S. dollars. Still a lot of money either way. But either way. I don't blame dude. He was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> so what so, are your thoughts on that, Christopher? Well, 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 first of all, for me, this falls under the category of bad uh, first dates, bad blind dates, yeah. <laughs> and, and whether or not you've been single or married for a long time, everybody's at least heard of uh, horrific blind dates, horrific uh, first dates. And I've never heard of anything like that before. Of course, it's ridiculous to be able to bring 23. And I don't even know how you're testing somebody's generosity when you spring. Right. Uh, you know, like me springing, you know, more than one date on a wedding. That's, that's just one additional person. This is 23 extra people, uh, whether they're family members or not. So I think that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so Kimberly, yeah. you coach a lot of women through, I'm, I'm thinking through the dating process it leading up to marriage so have you heard of anything even close to this ridiculous when it comes to dating you know I had heard of the story too and I thought it was <laughs> absolutely ridiculous like first of all why would you test someone like that mm-hmm. number one and then why would you bring that many people like it, it just sounded absolutely preposterous but you know I commend him for even staying for the date like I would have been like no deuces I'm out like you're crazy you know what made you think that this was okay like this is not even funny you know what I mean right on a first date so yeah uh, I I was like how did he even stay for the whole date first of all I'm just impressed that she got that many people to show up because if you've ever had an event I'm like, how many people did she invite? A hundred to get 23 people to show That's up? That's true. That's true. I didn't think about the people that couldn't make it that day. Right. <laughs> I said, no, I got a podcast to record that day. I can't actually make that. So, but she got 23 people to be able to come out. That's astounding on its own. And even, even with cultural differences, I'm sure it's still absurd. Like, I, I mean, if he, if I would have showed up and it was that many people there, my first thought was, is it somebody's party? Did, am, did I, was I invited to someone's party unknowingly? Like, what's right. the celebration? Right. Right. Did the family members know what they were getting ready to walk into? Right. Right. And I, so. I had to, I, the first thing that popped in my mind was, is this like African culture, Indian culture? Because typically, you know, they had big weddings. So I'm thinking, I mean, is this the thing in their culture that they bring the whole family on the first date? You know, I was bewildered. Right. Eastern but China. Judging by his reaction, I'm going to say that that's not customary because yes. I'm, I'm guessing he's like, okay. I'm but he gonna... stayed. He, he stayed, stayed but he did not pay. Right. 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 So, so maybe he was, he stayed because he was confused. And then when the bill came and she was like, yeah, you're going to take this, this bill. And he was like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did read something that he hadn't been dating in a while. Was it his mother or somebody who was matriarchal in his family who was encouraging him to be on the date in the first place because he hadn't been dating? So, Kimberly, to your point, maybe he stayed a little bit longer into the date because he hadn't been dating. And maybe it's just like, you know, I, if you had been okay, doing a lot of dating. He was a little desperate. Okay. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe. And the fact that mom was the one who, who did it. It's like, let me just at least say I tried, mom. Right. Right. Mm. So it was his mother that set. Yeah. That, that encouraged him to go, or did she set up the date? She she set up the blind date. Okay. Ah. And uh, um, I don't know if you guys have ever had a parent try to set you up. I had to sit my mom down a long time ago and said, "Mom, just don't worry about this. I got it." Your mom tried to set you up. In a, yeah, that's never my, happened before. In my no, life. my mom. She didn't set up no. the dates. But yeah. she would just randomly give out my number to guys that oh. said that they knew me at some point in time and they thought I was cute. She's, you know, I ran into someone. So I'm like, Mama, I don't remember that person. So, well, I gave him your number because he lives in the Atlanta area <laughs> no. too. And you got, and I'm like, Mama, no. stop doing that. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> so, Nisha Nicole, was that one of the bad blind dates that you had? Was that arranged by your mom? Because I know you've got a couple of blind date stories in your pocket. So, no, my mom never set me up on a blind date. Okay. But when I first moved to Atlanta, I had this neighbor and the man, I mean, he was fine. Okay. okay. Fine. 
but okay. he was engaged. I got to practice. So, fine. Okay. Fine. So he was engaged and he and his fiance lived next to me and we used to talk casually. So, so one day he said, you know, um, you, you seem too nice to be single. You know, let me, why don't you let me set you up with one of my guy friends? Okay. So this was truly, truly a blind date because this was before smartphones. I know yeah. I'm yeah. dating myself. That's okay. So I exchanged. <laughs> so I'm thinking the guy is fine. Birds of a feather, right? Right, right, right. So, I mean, come on. So he, <laughs> I, I exchanged numbers with the guy, talked to the guy over the phone a couple of times. And he was like country than cornbread. Like, I mean, this guy was so country over the phone, but I said, you know, I'm going to keep an open mind because I'm okay. from the country, so I can't judge a person for being country, right? Right. right. So my thing was, we haven't seen each other. We ha- we don't really know each other. So I was like, well, let's meet up for coffee. We can meet up for Starbucks or even drinks. And he insisted we go to Papa Do's. Insisted. Oh, Papa Do's, right Papa off the Do's, bat, which right. is a a medium to high level and yeah. lighter base New Orleans style restaurant. Yes, it's not like a chili seafood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but it's right. not high end. So it was it's like that. Medium. It's not Starbucks. <laughs> right, it's not Starbucks because I'm thinking Starbucks. If, in and out. You know, in and out. Get a cup of coffee. If 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 it's not there, then right. Okay. So he insisted. So I said okay. So I show up and he's texting me and he's like, I'm standing in front of the restaurant. So I pull up. I kid you not. So this is probably like 2003, 2002, 2003. Hmm. I see this guy standing in front of the restaurant with the FUBU Platinum jean outfit on. Not oh. the FUBU Platinum. Fubu. Oh, my goodness. Do y'all remember Platinum. these with the big cartoon characters? Like I actually had wiped that from my memory, but now I remember it again. Yeah, I'd taken that out of my memory. You yes. did say country, with, though. With good reason, you took this out of your memory. And even then, it was outdated. So I'm like, okay, let's get through this as quickly as possible. So we're having dinner, and at the time, I was like 24, 25. So, I'm, so we're nice. You know, I'm being nice. I'm, I'm yeah. just like, get through the day. I already knew from the jump that this ain't going to work. So anyway, we're talking during the day and he starts telling me about his sons and he said something about them driving. Now I'm 24, 23, 24. So I said, well, how old are your sons? And he was like 16 and 17. So I'm like, well, how old are you? And it was 40 something. And so I'm like, I'm 24. Right, right. And he's like, so that's a problem for you. <laughs> and I'm just for like, you. And I'm just like, well, I just didn't expect there to be that much of an age gap. Right, and I right. said, typically, I usually only date guys that are 10 years older than me or younger. Right. So then instead of him just, you know, show it showcasing his personality he spends the whole night trying to explain why older men are better oh we're we're more established we know what we're looking for and Mm. probably i mean he just snore snore bore bore i went to the bathroom set up another day wow because i was like i don't have time for this so i set up another day after that (laughs) and um so long story short at the end of the night he goes so how do you want to do this and I, I'm like, how you want to do what? Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, you want to split the, the check down the middle? Oh, I said, wow. excuse me? Yeah. You insisted and, on us coming to Bapa those. And that's what I said. I said, well, right. you asked me. He said, no, we agreed to meet up. No, no. I sir. said, sir. I, I was like, I specifically suggested that we meet up for coffee. He was like, well, you know, some women... They, they only want to eat. I said, look at me. I have not missed many meals. I can feed mm-hmm. myself. I said, but you know what? Don't worry about it. I had just went to the ATM earlier that day. I pulled out my crisp dollars and slammed <laughs> them on the table. And I said, for the record, I've never had a younger guy do this to me. But it's Yeah, all older good. guys are better. Except yeah. you have to make you pay at the, at the bill. And you yeah, and he said, well, next time it's on me. I said, yeah, next Brian, time. Yeah, yeah, no, next time. <laughs> Next so time we'll talk was, about it on the podcast. That's what we do. Yes. So that was 
my worst blind my neighbor felt so bad he was so embarrassed he offered to actually reimburse me i told him don't worry about it you know that's that's a part of dating life but that that was actually one of the worst dates i've ever been on like sounds like it seriously but Mm -hmm. kimberly before we go into the show topic you have anything you want to add to the uh blind date uh shenanigans stories anything that was a bad blind date for you ever ever I mean, I've heard it all, so I'm not surprised. I'm kind of surprised, but I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got a couple blind dates in my my my, my pocket that I'm just like, man. <laughs> um, I had one blind gate date. Um, I was on Christian Mingle, and uh, I met this guy online, and he happened to be a chaplain for the military, and we you know i'm a virginia he was in maryland you know again first time we're going on a date so i didn't want him coming to my house i was like i don't know you so we met up you know at the mall and um there was a cheesecake factory there so we had decided we were going to eat at cheesecake factory so we get to the mall and of course that's cheesecake factory sometimes there's a long line so he was like well you want to eat somewhere else and i was like yeah we can eat somewhere else and so um, I think I might have come from work and I slipped on um, some flats, right? Okay. I had heels on all day. I slipped on some flats. So yeah. somewhere in the conversation, he goes, so do you like to wear flats? Is that what you normally wear? And I said, no, you know, I had on heels, but I changed my shoes and I'm wearing flats and I had on a suit. Right. And he's like, well, I only like women to wear heels. Mm. wow and i said well i'm not your woman right right that's a prerequisite for your being your woman and i said well again i am not the woman that's always wearing heels right so again so it was like crazy right off the bat like right but this is a first date how can you make first situations is like i only like women who wear red for their lipstick bottom (laughs) line we walk around the mall and he's just like we ended up going to chipotle so okay. same thing, Nisha. We get in line. We go through the Chipotle line. It comes time to pay. And he's like, so you're going to get yours, right? I'm like, wow. dude, really? <laughs> you can't pay for Chipotle? Like, yeah. Chipotle? A Chipotle right. bowl and a drink right, is $10. Right. It's the, at most. So, yeah, after two strikes, he was out. Right. He was, you know, he was really out right. after the pump line because I'm like, that right. just came out left. Right. Like, you could have just kept right. that in your mind. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But I'm like, really? Out the break? Like, there's yeah. so many things so, that you would want in a mate. There's so many more things you would want in somebody that you're exactly. dating that are not superficial that have anything to do with shoes. I can't even see right. that it would get to be in the top 50 things that I'm thinking about on a first date. I need to know what's inside your mind. Exactly. I need to know how you look overall to be attracted right. to you. And then what you're wearing, I don't care. I mean, as long as you're not wearing, you know, so house I shoes. see why you're a chaplain on Christian Mingle right. looking for a date. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah, okay. Right. Well, yeah. take, Needless with, to say, we didn't talk anymore after that. Of course, Understood. of course. But the good thing is they showed their cars up front. Yeah. And no exactly. more time was wasted. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Be grateful that they show their cars up front. All of us. We say this all the time on the podcast. If somebody is going to be able to waste your time, let, the, let you find out in the early stages of dating, not six months, six years down the road. Right, right, right. right. So, so one quick Chris, story. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let's hear it. All right. So blind day story. Um, you mentioned you were set up by somebody who was a mutual friend who was fine. Did I get that right? Yeah, my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Kimberly, your story originates from a dating site. Well, my story originated from um, a couple that I knew, a married couple that I knew that I went to high school with, and they're okay. awesome. And we were doing work at the time. We were working on a combined, uh, just something on the side of our jobs and they say hey we got somebody for you christopher for you to be able to meet i'm like okay and again like you said this is before smartphones or anything so i didn't see any pictures so mm-hmm. she and i agree i even think that the as i'm remembering this the couple actually set up where we would go um and it was a nice restaurant it was on the line of papado's okay Nicole, but you know it was dc based and it was a single restaurant either way i get to the location early it's a beautiful day in may I'm sitting outside on a park bench. I have no idea what this woman looks like, you know, from a can of paint. Right. 
So from the parking lot, after I've been sitting there for about five minutes, here comes a woman and she is super, to quote your word, fine. As a matter of fact, I think there was a soundtrack playing. I think there was <laughs> slow motion started happening and she was walking in slow motion and put spinning her hair to the side and walking towards me, right towards me sitting on this park bench. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking of what I'm going to buy this married couple to, to for Christmas <laughs> because I'm so happy because this woman is so fine as she's walking towards me. And then she walks right past me and mm-hmm. into the restaurant and the music stops. There's no more soundtrack. So a few minutes after that, here comes another woman. And it's not that she's not attractive. It's that she wasn't nearly as attractive as the woman who just walked past me into the restaurant. Aww. But she's smiling and waving at me the whole time. Hey, hi. And that's my date. She arrives. We go in the restaurant. And here's where the story really starts. Okay. She and I sitting down at a table, having small talk, getting to know each other. She says she recently broke up. Her fiance recently broke up with her. And I'm like, I'm sorry to hear that that didn't work out. A few minutes later, her fiance over my left shoulder walks into no. this restaurant. No. Right. She sees him over my left shoulder. She sees, I'm turning and looking over the shoulder. Oh, who that? Who? That's him. That's him. <laughs> Way over there. And he's 30, 40 feet away. He does not see us whatsoever. He doesn't see us. But so she this saw was, him. This was just random that he super came in. Random, he was, okay. Super random. Super random. What are the, the big, odds? Huge, what are the odds in the big, huge Washington, D.C. metropolitan area? And I don't think she lived near me whatsoever, um, if I remember correctly. So super random that he walks in. He walks in and we're both, me looking over my left shoulder, her looking over my left shoulder up in the distance. He walks in and he sits down with the woman who I was drooling over when she was walking into the restaurant. Oh no! The first woman that came in was his date. Whoa. Wow. And to the absolute astonishment of my date, she still was just like, I can't figure out why he left me for her. And, uh, <laughs> Because, well, yeah, it's tough to explain that she's super fine and you, uh, uh. anyways, that's the story. This, I p- I paid and- for the food at the end, by the way. I wanted, you know, men to get some credit back Yay. here. Yay. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> she was a nice person. It didn't go anywhere from there. That um, sounds that's, like that's the story. sitcom episode. Oh, I man. I promise you, like. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> with foreshadowing and everything. <laughs> she nearly spit her food out when she was like, oh, my God, that's him. Where? Who? Where? Well, so yeah, amazing blind day stories, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. So I'm glad that no one brought like 30 people on the date. Nobody brought 30 um, people, 23 people, <laughs> or anything like that. Right. The ladies so, got the ladies, but the, the thing is, all the ladies got stuck with the bill except for your date. Except for my date, yes. <laughs> I feel so bad. And probably that super fine lady. I'm sure she didn't super get fine stuck lady. With the bill I don't think she either. paid at all. Yeah. She mm. <laughs> think so so uh we can move right along to the show topic today so christopher go ahead and set us up uh show topic for today again and with our guest kimberly kimberly cleveland that we have on we're going to discuss the many aspects of being a wife coach uh what it's like to to actually work in this field we have a lot of questions to be able to ask back and forth uh and we also want want to talk about your a little bit about your book uh, and I want to lead off with the first question, though, when discussing how your whole setup works, Kimberly, if is what's your your personal background for this? What what made you get into walking this path of being an amazing wife coach? Absolutely. Well, I first started um, probably about four years ago, and it really precipitated out of me coming out of a divorce. OK. And so um, and actually, I've been divorced twice. Mm. And so the divorces were devastating needless to say um Mm -hmm, i've always known i wanted to be a wife i wanted to be a mother um i knew that before i knew what career path i wanted to take right Mm. and so after the second divorce i was like okay that's it time out like we've got to figure this out not only was i going through divorce lots of my friends family members were um, hit having rough patches in their relationship and also considering divorce or having gone through a divorce. And I was yes. like, why can't we figure this out? Yes. And so I was committed um, as a Christian woman to really just going back and taking a look at the word to figure out what did God have in mind? You know, based mm. on the Bible, what did God have in mind? Because I knew if God created it, that it must be good. Yes. So I said, okay, God, I just need you to reveal to me where are we going wrong? Cause you know, 
if it's falling apart, it's not because of you, it's because of us. It's something that we're not getting. And so it, I really took six to seven years where I focused on nothing but healing, um, fig, trying to figure out what God's divine design was and raising my son at the time. Because in my second marriage, uh, we had separated uh, eight months into my pregnancy or oh, seven wow. months, excuse me, seven months into my pregnancy. Okay. And so I was committed to just, again, healing myself and being the best mom I could and trying to figure out what God's intention was. And at the end of that, when I felt like I really had a handle of it, I felt God saying to me, hey, now it's time for you to go and teach others. And I was kind of like, are you kidding me? Like me, (laughs) me, the woman who's been divorced twice. I really don't think anyone's going to want to listen to me. But he was like, you know, you have a story. You have the heart. You've always loved love. You've always been very passionate about marriage. And even after going through two divorces, I still believed in marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you have the empathy to be able to identify with people who, you know, been through some rough times, you know, and who have had failed relationship after failed relationship, you know, people who are married and, and seem rosy may not be able to really identify or people who have gone through something may not be able to identify with them. So he was just placed it on my heart. And I said, you're right. I've always loved love and I'm very passionate about um, marriage. You know, I was a ladies ministry leader in my church for over 10 years and that's pretty much what I did. And so I then started the wife university. That's how it got birth out of my, not only out of my pain, but also out of my passion. Awesome. And two things out of that, then I'll let Nisha Nicole have the mic to be able to ask you some more questions. Number one, I love how you used empathy as, as first of all, I love the calling that you have. I love that you were called to be able to do this from a higher power. That's awesome. The empathy that you talk about, we talk frequently on the show about emotional intelligence and the empathy that you have to be able to help other people through the trials and tribulations of marriage. And then sometimes with divorce is fantastic. But lastly, and what I thought was most importantly about what you just said was that you don't blame the institution of marriage Mm-hmm. You know that there are humans who are trying out here and the institution of marriage is still something to be able to shoot for. I think a lot of people who get married and it doesn't work out, they say, well, married life isn't for me. Right. 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 And I love how you're able to phrase that in terms of married life is still wonderful to be able to pursue. And here's how we can go about pursuing it. Right. That was really important to me, Christopher, yeah. because, again, I did not want to be that bitter black woman. Right. I, yeah. That was I was truly intentional about that and very focused on, again, that I wasn't going to be a bitter black woman. I yeah. wasn't going to be a man basher um, and that I wasn't going to lose hope, lose hope for myself and for others that black love is possible. Um, awesome. That really mm-hmm. was another reason why I started the Wife University, because I wanted our people to know that marriage could be successful, that they could have successful marriages, just like their white counterparts, that it is possible for there to be a happy Huxtable family out there. So to speak, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Huxtable and the fact that they still had a good relationship, but they had their problems and that you navigate through those problems. So I wanted to be able to give hope, you know, to our community and specifically to black women and minority women. Awesome. Thank you. And it similarly, that's, that's the sentiment is similar to, to why Chris and I started the podcast is because if you look at social media, you see so much despair when it comes to dating. Oh, women only want to do this and men only want to do that. And we wanted uh, to create a medium where we can discuss these things, but do so in a way that's, that's more positive because it's yes and uplifting so I love that and the second thing that I wanted to say is um one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like how can uh, you're single how can you give advice or whatever uh, and things like that but one of the greatest learning lessons is from and I don't like to use the word failures with marriage but from from things that we didn't get right yeah. Exactly. And that's that's even in business. In life, right? In life, the only the only the only way, place where you have a pass or a fail, and that's it, is in school. Right. After that, we learn our biggest lessons from things that we didn't get right. 
And right. the same is true with marriage. So I, I know with my divorce, I came out with a lot of learning and understanding. Um, and I think with a lot of helpful information that I could share with others to not fall down the same paths that I've done. Um, and so I, I definitely commend you for heeding the call that God gave you because a lot of times we run from it. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i know i don't look it but i'm 50 years old and um you know there is a principle in the bible that says older women teach the younger women and that principle i think holds true like how do we learn anything it's it's modeled for us right we're taught by somebody who's actually gone through the experience or who has studied it who has the knowledge doesn't matter what topic it's about right right? Right. and so again even though my marriage has failed like you said, Nisha, I absolutely can tell you not to make the mistakes that I made, right? And tell you of some of the situations that you might find yourself in and how to better handle them. But one of the one of the things too, I think is, is, you know, no one, especially in our community, no one talks about how do you, how, how do you relate to the man, right? How right. do you um, function in a romantic relationship? You either just watch your parents or you watch your aunties or your grandparents, or you watch what's on TV, but no one's actually taking you through the paces, giving you the skills, giving you the strategies on how to relate to this other being who is not like you, right? right. And so how are you going to get that knowledge? How are you going to get that information so that you can have successful relationship other than to get it from someone else? And so I think what I also wanted to help women do is identify what should I be looking for? What should I be looking for in a mate? Because I didn't have that knowledge either. Right. You know, okay. we most, most of us just fall in love and like, okay, I love this person. So let's get married. Right. Right. And, and that's how we do it. Right. right and course. then yeah. it's just like, we're going to learn along the way. Well, a lot of relationships suffer as we go through that trial by fire. And some of us don't make it out of the fire. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, everybody so, on this podcast has been divorced. Go ahead, Nisha Nicole. Go, go ahead. So, Kimberly. Yes, ma'am. I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand the concept. But here's the thing that I, that, that I always wonder, because I've seen so many things around wife trainings and preparing yourself for wife, for, for being a wife and what it takes to be a wife. But very rarely, I even did a couple of Google searches, do I see anything that is focused on husband training, like how to be a good husband? Like I saw maybe, I saw a couple of classes on Udemy. Why do you think that is? And why do you feel like there's so much emphasis on women being a good wife and not as much on men being good husbands? Because I think both are necessary. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. But let me answer your question first. Why do I think it's not out there? It is out there, uh, but I don't think they speak the same language that we speak, right? Okay. It's out there and you have to dig for it. Um, But I also don't think that that's, you know, if a man is talking to a man, he's not going to be like, hey, man, let's talk about how to be a husband. You know what I'm saying? If, right. If there's a husband coach out there, he's probably not going to frame it that way. Okay. Because again, we as women, we're trained as young little girls to be thinking about and planning our wedding day mm-hmm. from, at a very young age. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we've been focused on that since probably five or six. And so, again, that's why it's easier for us. We're always talking about it. One. We're always talking about it amongst ourselves as women. So again, when men get together, they're not talking about marriage. They're probably talking about relationships or dating a girl or how fine the woman was, but they're not getting into relationship talk stuff, right? Okay. So I think that's one reason. That would lead me to, and I'm I'm sorry to cut you off there, Kimberly. I, I, I love that answer, but that leads me to the next question then. Let's say a woman who has been thinking since she was a little girl, since she was six years old about her marriage, about her wedding day, she gets there, she talks to you about how to be a great 
uh, uh, wife, uh, she goes through the whole training, the whole wife university. She feels fantastic about it, but she meets me and I didn't go through any training. I've just been talking to my boys about it. And she's got this wonderful background. She's been thinking about it since she was six. And then I'm just like, what? Take out the trash. What are you talking about? That leaves 50% of the relationship. Still, how can she work through that if I'm a jerk? Just, just to well, again, a, and the women that I coach, yeah. that is one of the things that I'm helping them look for. Like okay. once you're trained to be a wife, you also, you know, he's not the only one asking. You're also doing some interviewing yourself, right? So it's great that a guy approaches you and wants to put the ring on your finger, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to say yes. You also need to be evaluating, is he a good husband? Mm. And so, again, what do you look for? Just because he's a good provider doesn't necessarily mean he's a good husband. And so, we and so we talk about that. And so... Again, um, you want to look for someone who's husband material. Yeah. And I, I do believe, and let me say this, that even though it may seem like, you know, we, we can get into whether there's good men out there, whether there's good women out there, yeah. no matter what you believe, what I believe is when you become it, then you'll attract it. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so I believe that if you're a good woman, if you prepared yourself to be a good wife, then you'll attract a husband. Mm -hmm. I, I just believe that. So no matter what you see, if you raise the bar and become the bar, then the, you'll attract the bar. I got you. And so um, that's just what I believe. And so I say stay focused on that. Don't get distracted. Mm -hmm. Right. And just work towards that end because you can't control outside forces. You can only control yourself. Right. But you can say no to marrying this jerk before you marry him in the first Absolutely. place. Absolutely. You want to have those interviewing skills. There you you go. have to. Awesome. I love um, in order for you to find your mate, first, you have to become the mate. And then you also when I when I say that again, if you don't know yourself, mm. if you don't know what you're good at, if mm. you don't know who you match up with when we talk about a mate like a salt and pepper they come together they fit together if you don't know yourself then you don't know what's to come together to perfectly fit you right awesome. so that's the first yeah. step you've got to know yourself self-awareness another exactly. trait of emotional intelligence nisha nicole you're up <laughs> <laughs> i was i was just listening because she was giving some really good good information and i i believe that knowing yourself and the type of mate you are and what you work best with is key because sometimes I think people can be so ready for a mate that it's like whoever's available if you're available you're ready and you as opposed to saying listen I have to have someone who is outgoing or some someone who likes to travel i don't want someone who's an extreme introvert and i'm an extreme extrovert so right. anytime we go somewhere it's going to be awkward so you really do have to know yourself and be able to cut those things off before you become too invested to where you can't turn it down when right. a person comes to you at that point absolutely awesome. and that's one of the key things you just hit upon nisha as women we are emotional creatures so we have to really learn in the dating scene not to let those emotions run rampant we've got to really learn how to be emotional creatures but again be able to discipline our emotions because once the emotions get involved and get turned on it's harder for you to use that judgment and wisdom and and um again ignore those red flags like you've got to pay attention to the red flags and just say hey you're a good guy, but you're not a good guy for me. You know right. what I mean? You've got to right. be able to say that. And the quicker you can identify that, like you said, Christopher, in the beginning and not waste time, right. then you can be on to the next guy so that you can evaluate, is this the person that's good for me? Because it really is about two people coming together for a purpose. I talk about that a lot, too, as I'm coaching women. It's like, do you know your purpose? Do your purposes right. align? Will they work well together? Can you create a life together based upon your purposes? Because again, a lot of times you'll have women or men um, find a mate. Again, they are attractive. They're, the chemistry's there and yeah, right, you know right. the emotions are there, but it's right. like, can we build a life together? 
Hey, really, how do you deal with people who have varieties of family backgrounds? What if they haven't? You mentioned before seeing it as a child, with seeing it free in your parents, seeing it as an auntie somewhere. What if you haven't seen men or women? You're coaching the women, so let's stick to the women. What if they haven't seen a legitimately productive relationship, a healthy relationship in their childhood? How do you coach the women for that? Mm, again yeah. that's why you, uh, that's why i hope that you're you're you've linked up with me so that you yeah. can find yeah. out what does a healthy relationship look like right. what i really start off with a lot of times they think that i'm going to start off with you know the communication the finances the sex because those are the top three leading to divorce but i really don't start there i really mm. do start with okay do you, your self-awareness do you know yes. who you are do you know your likes do you know your beliefs do you know your values because a lot of times we think we do mm. but we don't those basic questions mm. we can't even audibly articulate mm. i need you to be know yourself so well that you can articulate that you know what mm. i mean a lot of times I ask women, they don't even know their favorite color. Like, <laughs> what, what, you know what I mean? Just yeah. basic stuff because they've been shaped and molded by their parents, you know, yeah. by their family. Sure. They've gone off to college and picked their, you know, what they majored in based upon what mom and dad told them. And now they're 23, 24. And it's just like the whole world is open. It's like, I don't even like political science. Okay, <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Right, right. What are your gifts and talents? So we really right. just start there getting them confident in who they are right because right. confidence is men love confidence in a woman so we really start there with getting them a firm foundation in who they are knowing who they are but then the next step i take is what is the pain in your past that you've swept under the rug Ooh, that's what a good baggage Man. are Can you we? taking into your relationships that's causing you to have failed relationships because of that baggage you haven't dealt with oh, right? Man. That's a huge one. It is. Yeah. Nisha Nicole, you. No, I'm you. Thinking of, I'm thinking right of the, the baggage. It's right on the tip of your tongue. So it is. <laughs> I'm thinking of baggage sometimes coming from a previous relationship, but if there's unswept, I'm always thinking of the link in my own experience, in my own relationships, and in some of the research that I've done with emotional intelligence. I'm always thinking of the relationship between the child and the adult, and sometimes the baggage mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily come from the adult relationships, it's a symptom, the problems that you've had with your adult relationships of some of the baggage you're carrying over from childhood. How That's much of it. that are things that you have conversations with, with your, with your clients and customers? Absolutely. So I was just going to say that you took the words right out of my mouth. A lot Let of put times back in your mouth. There they, there they go. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of times it's not the romantic relationships. Like you said, it's deeper than that. It yes. really mm -hmm. comes from either, you know, dealing with abandonment. We've got a lot of single mm. women um, who've been raised by a single mother in the black community. And so they don't even know how to relate to a man because the man was never in the home. They also have abandonment issues because dad left. Dad's Daddy nowhere issues. around. Daddy issues, but also abandonment issues, awesome. right? I got you. Or you're dealing with maybe a self-esteem issues, right? From school, from kids bullying you, from a critical mom who always criticized you. Like, you're going to wear that. You're going to go out of the house uh, looking like yeah, that. Or yeah. you're overweight. Yeah. You need to lose weight. Like, so yeah. you're carrying all of that trust issues, right? Those could come from romantic relationship or trust issues could come from there was no one dependable in the home. Right. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. all of that we need to unpack and deal with because your partner, you're, that's just a symptom of, like you said, Christopher, what's been going on in your past that you Absolutely. haven't dealt with. Ooh. Past trauma, molestation, rape. Yes. You know, yes. I've had a couple who, who I've talked to who they got married and she never told him that she had been molested. And here he thinks he's getting ready to have great sex, right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. we held out, we waited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no, I've got some issues around sex because I've been molested. Kimberly, not only You didn't that, think that was important to talk about? Yeah, but even, even beyond that, with church culture mm. and, the, and the purity culture, sometimes it is hard to shed that thought process around sex when you're when your whole life you've been geared towards purity boom and then now you're married and your husband is expecting you to unleash the freak <laughs> and it's hard to do because you've been trained to be pure 
and yeah. now and and I think that that is a huge mind. We I mean we probably could do an entire show on we that could. topic alone. Absolutely. Um, but I did want to kind of switch gears and go into um some of the buzzwords I heard you say even reading your website is the original uh, purpose of marriage, traditional and and things of that nature. And so one of the things I always wonder, and I see a lot of chatter online, is how do we, how, how do you coach women for traditional marriage or the original purpose of marriage in the modern society? Because it, there used to be a time, I noticed on your site that you said you grew up with a, a stay-at-home grandmother, and that's what inspired you to want to be a wife, to be like her. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the reality is a lot of women or a lot of homes require two parent how to incomes for the lifestyles that we want to live or whatnot. But then I think that a lot of times, even with two women, two people working outside the home, children in the home, a lot of times when people think of traditional marriage, they're still expecting the woman to do all the cooking, all the domestic and that domestic activities and sometimes that's just not realistic and and I think that women sometimes we internalize when we feel like we can't do it all we feel bad we feel like we're being a bad wife or a bad spouse like is that something that you come up against and how do you coach through those ideals absolutely um yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a lot that's a lot but I want to go back just one quick second that, like you said, that we could do a whole podcast on just your mindset around sex. Like, what was your background? And yeah. again, I don't, you know, churches of old, um, you know, they have a very strong stance. You know, they only teach you, no, you're not supposed to have sex. You're supposed yeah. to stay pure. You're right. not supposed to have sex before marriage. If you do that, you're fornicating. Right. Um, and they don't talk about, I mean, there's a whole book in the bible from song of solomon that talks about romance and sex like sex is not dirty and we've got to have more conversations up front and stop waiting until Mm -hmm. we're married to talk about it right? Right, right those are some of the real conversations that we need to have and so i'm always encouraging them forget what you've heard mommy and auntie and grandma tell you Let's go and look at it for ourselves. Let's get our own understanding so that you have your own understanding yourself. God created it. You know, if God created sex, sex is good. Yeah, sex is good. Because every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. Yes. (laughs) And, and, (laughs) you know, this idea of being a freak is bad. Well, no, 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 no. The marriage bed is undefiled. It's okay for you to be a freak. He gives you context to be right, a freak. Right. But again, it's okay. So we've got to unlearn some things yeah. and relearn some proper context. I want to say that first. Okay. Now around this whole idea of marriage and how it looks today, it doesn't look like our grandparents' marriage, right? And right. how do we work through that? Well, we definitely have to work through it. Um, one, independent women. As women, we, we in our society have been trained to focus, one, on our education, to also yeah. focus in on our career. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage is always there in the back of our minds, but it's like, it's like the sequence. Okay, we're going to go to school, and we're going to get the degree, and then we're going to move up the corporate ladder. And once we move mm-hmm. up the corporate ladder, then we're going to get married. And then we're going to have that house with the white picket mm-hmm. fence and mm-hmm. the two and a half Shepherd. kids and the dog. Right. Yes. <laughs> and things don't necessarily work out that way. And then on top of that, now you've got, again, more women who are not stay-at-home moms, who are bringing home the bacon, who are making more than our Black male counterparts. Yep. Right. And so then how do we now make that mesh based upon, again, the teaching where grandmas of old and aunties of old have said that it's supposed to look like this and that, you know, again, like you said, that we pile everything upon us and we're just like, I can't do it all. I can't be yeah. the superwoman, right? Yeah. Even with the proverbial woman. Yeah, she was superwoman, but no one said she did it all at the same time, right? Right. No right. one said it's not. Um, it's not okay for you guys to be a team. 
It doesn't say in the Bible that he can't cook. It doesn't say in the Bible that he can't clean. Like you guys can work as a team. You know, it would be unrealistic. I would, I would hate to marry someone who expected me to be the superwoman and all he had to do was go to work. And when he came home, he could kick up his feet and watch the Wizards game. And watch the Wizards game while you, you know, again, took care of the kids. You yeah. gave them, you you, you helped them with their homework. Cleaned then you up. cooked and cleaned. Yeah. Then and you then gave give me them sex a bath. Night. And then you tucked them in the bed. And then you're supposed to go spruce yourself up, put your makeup on and yes. put on your teddy. And then yes. come serve him up some sex. Like, Thank you. That's not how it works? A man who thinks that that's okay? <laughs> I don't want to, you know. Mm-mm. Again, when you're talking about what I'm supposed to be looking for, he ain't the one. Right, he is definitely not right. the one for me. No. And my right. children are are not even small anymore, and I don't plan on any, having any more small kids. And that still won't work for me. Right. <laughs> right. And so that's right. unrealistic. So we have to go back again and really just, for me, it's about taking the principles and really applying practical application in today's world in the lifestyles that yeah. we're living. And so that's what I try to do. Okay. Awesome. Do you think that there'll come a day when little girls aren't always thinking about their marriage day? Do you think there'll come a day when maybe uh, it's, it's, I see marriage as an institution is down so much. I don't mean black, I don't mean white, I don't mean Jewish, I mean everything. Mm-hmm. The institution of marriage is down so much from the 1950s. Yes. Um, I, I, it, it's not going to happen in our lifetimes, but I still worry um, that the institution of marriage won't be as highly valued as an overall commodity for anything other than just getting two salaries together, that the institution of staying together, the godliness that you talked about, the purpose of marriage and so forth. What do you think about the future of marriage, not just black, not just white, not just any ethnicity? Right. You're absolutely right. It's not it's not good when you're looking out there. And, and again, that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do, yeah. um, because if we don't do something, it really will really get look start to look bleak. Already, you see the millennials and Generation X, and I don't know what you're calling them now. <laughs> they already don't believe in established church. Right. They right. don't church, believe necessarily in established down. religion. You know, they say they're spiritual, but they're not religious. They don't believe in going to an organized, um, you know, uh, organized church, you know, I'll put that in quotes. Correct. And so it it comes the same way when it when they talk about marriage. It's like, why do I need to get married? Why do we need the piece of paper? Why can't I just have a partner and we live together? I don't see what the big deal is. So all of that, you know, um, is really on the downhill and so again I think it's up to us and I always say to women even when it comes to when they say where there's no good men or men aren't like Nisha said men aren't focused on being good husbands what if I do all this work to become a good wife and then there's no husbands out there and I say women have so much power and influence that they don't even recognize Mm, that's a good point it starts with you again when you raise the bar the men will have no choice but to come up and meet that bar. I love it. If women keep their legs closed, mm-hmm. <laughs> they will have no recourse, but mm-hmm. then to hold out until marriage. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. again, I say it, you have the power and influence. Not only that, as women who are birthing men, we can train them as a young age mm-hmm. again and teach them what it means to be a husband. I was very intentional. I have a 22 year old son about teaching my son Um, He was very much like me, loves kids. As soon as he had an awareness about, oh, you know, my best friend has six kids. Oh, they just had twins, you know, and I just love kids. And I said, you're at an age of 13. Let's do an Excel spreadsheet. How much do you think it costs to have a baby? Wow. I love it. You're you're you want to be. I said, do you want to be a husband one day? Excel spreadsheet. I love it. I don't like it. I I mean, I I make it very practical. You know, we start Mm -hmm. the conversation when the hormones start kicking in. I don't shy away from it. I think we need to have more of those honest conversations, kid conversations, not adult conversations, but kid conversations about, you know, okay, you think kids are cute. You think kids are cheap or again, you want to be a dad one day, you know, mommy, I want to have kids one day. I'll say, cool. How much do you think it takes to raise a child? And yeah. what do you think it means to be a father? What do you think it means to be a husband? Have those 
don't shy away from those. As soon as they start asking the questions, as soon as those hormones start kicking in and girls start, you know, giving him the eye. Okay, we need to start having those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know I what agree. I mean? My son is 15. So, um, and even before 15, number one, most of his life, he saw two parents in the home. Mm-hmm. So that's all. So even as a kid, he would always say when, when I get, when my wife or whatever. So he already thinks like that. And then now that we're divorced, I still want him to have that mindset. And I all, often have conversations with him about, you know, when the time comes being a good husband, being a good dad and making sure he sets that foundation with himself first. So, so you, to your point, when I asked you about the men getting ready as a mom, it's important to me that I prepare my son in the thought process on how to be a whole human being before right. you become married, mm-hmm. how to be healed and healthy and be able to communicate effectively. And that's important to me because I don't want to be the mom of the jerk where you know his future <laughs> girlfriend or wife is looking at me like you raised this clown like do you right. wear pumps or do you normally wear flats <laughs> right <laughs> exactly exactly that jerk so yeah. really like again it goes back to like i said women have more power and influence than i think we even realize and so mm-hmm. again um we can change the world I, I think it was a as a matter of fact i think it may have been a jay-z quote it, but I, that said that if it weren't for women men wouldn't even get haircuts like like that's how and that's the same <laughs> right. like what at, we are the influencers regardless of what like if men wear wear chains they buy expensive cars they do all of those things to impress mm. women Absolutely. and if we once we learn that power and utilize that power not in an abusive or manipulative way exactly but in a healthy way that says you know what i you know i do ha- hold some type of power especially for the type of men that i attract and keep in my life so that's an excellent point um so it is time for us to start wrapping it up is there anything else that you wanted to ask or say christopher well i'd I'd like for kimberly to talk about where people can find her where they can be able to 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 buy her book and i'd also like to be able to i think there was one more thing that i had as as a background i I think you touched enough on this in terms of what a man is looking for uh, when he's looking for a way, I think you talked enough about how if the woman is doing everything that she can be to be the best person and then is doing the interviewing before she actually agrees to get married, then she'll be able to distinguish exactly what she needs and, and the self-awareness you talked about. So I love that. If you got anything more to share. Yes, on that, I do want to yeah. add one thing to that. Okay. I always say, too, that it's OK to be good men. It's OK to be a good woman, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good wife. And I really get mm. into what mm. does it mean to be a wife? Marriage is a ministry, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to serve, if you're not really to be attentive to someone else's need, then you don't even need to be thinking about getting to marry, right? Right. It's about two people coming together. And we say, we're going to go through this journey of life together to death do us part, which means we're here. I picked you to be my person to, to go on this lifelong journey with. And it's about us growing together. Marriage is about growing. And if you don't want to do any work, then don't get married. Same mm. thing with kids. If you don't you want to do any work, put in you the don't need work. To. Says it as exactly. a quote right here on the site. And so again, <laughs> I talk about um, again. You're there as a wife to to help him pursue purpose. You're there as a wife to again serve his needs, whether it's sexual needs. Um, and when I say that, women kind of get uptight. But I'm like, yeah. it is reciprocal. Let's not forget, it is reciprocal. Yes. But again, if he just wants to have a baby, he could have a baby with someone else. If he just wants to have sex, he could have sex to some with someone else. So it's more than that. And I'll, I'll leave it there. We could have a whole nother podcast about it. But right, again, right. there are some specific skills and and roles and, and responsibilities when it comes to being a wife. And a lot of times, I don't think we truly understand that. So, yeah. Kimberly, where can people find you if if they're listening to this podcast and thinking that everything you're saying is so fantastic? They need to reach out to you. They need to read your book. How is that? How do you make that work for them? 
Absolutely. Well, first of all, you can reach me. Um, you can email me at thewifeuniversity at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram on Becoming That Good Thing. Um, and uh, again, you can also purchase any of my books on my website. I'm actually a three-time author, about to be a four-time author here awesome. this month. Yes. I have a book called Purpose Pushers. I have a book called Inspired by Love. And also She is Well. So yes awesome. okay and for those listening um you will find those the the email address and the instagram tag in the show notes nice. um so so that so that we'll make it easy for you okay so the way that we end the show every week is we talk about what we bring to the table so because oftentimes you know you hear well what do you bring to the table and so we hear these surface things I cook I clean so one of the things that Christopher and I decided to do is talk about characteristics that we bring to the table and it sounds like you've done a lot of work on yourself and you help others do the work too Kimberly so what are you bringing to the table this week in terms of when you say bringing to the table um as a mate yes as a relationship Got yes. you. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, definitely. Again, I am focused on um, my purpose and also looking for a mate who is very focused on their purpose. I think I'm definitely um, a woman who can help a man go to the next level in his purpose. And I'm very focused again on um, being very attentive to his needs and meeting those needs. And so I think that's what I bring to the table. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Nisha Nicole, or do you want me to go? I can go. Okay. So what I'm bringing to the table this week is a desire to understand. So uh, one of my favorite tenets of highly, um, seven traits of highly successful people is seek first to be, to understand, then to be understood. And that translates into so many aspects of our lives. So even if I don't understand where you're coming from, my goal is to at least try to understand. And I think that that's very important when we're dealing with relationships and other people. Awesome. It's on you, Chris. Awesome. awesome. Even the quote from Stephen Covey, I love it. You know, okay. the, that's that one book, of my favorite ones. That book is, <laughs> a, that book is um, almost 30 years old, if not 30 years old. Um, Probably. And it, still, it still resonates uh, pretty well. What I'm bringing to the table this week is high amount of deposits into the emotional bank account. Meaning, mm. meaning the emotional bank account, small things that you do for your spouse, big things that you do for your spouse. When, when I mess up, as I eventually at some point will, as, as a spouse, as a boyfriend, as a husband. As a human. As a human being, <laughs> right. If I put enough deposits into my wife, girlfriend, spouse's uh, emotional bank account, it'll balance off. If I'm even or if I'm in the negative, it's, it's not going to resonate well when I do something to, to then mess up. And I think being attentive, as you mentioned, uh, uh, um, Kimberly, uh, being attentive, listening, all the rest of those things, knowing what somebody wants, making sure that at all times I put more deposits than withdrawals into uh, my girlfriend or wife's emotional wives. bank account. Wife, wife's, <laughs> wife's. That, I meant that as a apostrophe. Wife, apostrophe, apostrophe yes. okay, okay, the apostrophe okay. didn't come across in this microphone. Gotcha, if you didn't gotcha, hear it, let gotcha, me add gotcha. that apostrophe. I love how yes. we all pretty much said the same thing, but in yeah. different ways, right? I said, meet my um, my partner's knees. And Nisha yes. Nicole said, seeking to understand versus being understood, right? We can't meet their needs if we're not seeking to understand them, right? Yes. And That's you talked true. about emotional intelligence and, and making that deposit in them mm -hmm. emotionally, right? That's mm -hmm. meeting the need, emotional need. Yes. I love that how we all three kind of touched upon the same thing, but said it in different ways. Somebody and said it great wasn't minds planned think alike. and it wasn't, it wasn't planned. planned. Right. Exactly. <laughs> great minds think alike, like that painting. <laughs> okay. So once again, um, um, our listeners, you can email us at askthetablepod at gmail.com. Uh, we did get some, some emails recently, but we'll talk about that in the next show. Okay. And as always, you can catch us every Monday. And thank you so much for coming on, Kimberly. Thank and you, Kimberly. It was super great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
And we hope to have you back next week at uh, the, the listeners back next week. And please <laughs> share the show with your friends and even the, your enemies. I mean, they can learn something too. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Everybody have a great week. <laughs>